Good afternoon. Welcome to the JB Font channel. I am your host, James Fontleroy. So good to see all of you here on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Today is June 27th, 2023. So good to see all of you here. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Hey, did you guys have a, did you guys bring a snack? You smoke a bowl. Come on in. Come on in with that if you did that. Come on in. Have a drink. Put your feet up. Take your shoes off. All right. Your boy's here with you. So good to see all of you here. The JB Font Show is available on all major podcast platforms, so go ahead and subscribe to me there. Also part of Revolutionary Blackout, so you can catch me there on, on a weekly basis on typically uh, Sundays and Tuesdays and Thursdays. And as well as you can also find me uploading clips throughout the week on this channel as well. And I'm always here on Tuesdays at 2 if you guys are interested in seeing me again next week. So just to let you guys know, thank you so much to everyone who also subscribed to my Substack. You guys go to jbfont.substack.com if you guys would like to get email notifications. We all know that the notifications from YouTube are not that reliable. So if you would like to, you can also go to jbfont.substack.com. And here is the banner here that so you guys can know to go to it as well. I also would like to give a, a huge thank you to all the patrons on Patreon, as well as coffee, memberships, as well as anybody who sends me any type of mutual aid whatsoever. Thank you so very much to all of you. And I failed to check uh, the Patreon to see if I had any new patrons, so I'll make sure to get on that as soon as possible. But thank you to all the people who have been contributing to this channel because I would not be able to do this without you guys. So thank you so very much as well. Now, one of the things that I would like to do is, uh, as per usual, whenever I do have a guest, I get to the chat a little bit later. But one of the things that I want to do is I want to introduce my guest that I have for today. He is a political commentator and I'd say a son of North Carolina. We have Mr. Willie Bragg. Willie, good to see you. Great seeing you too. Yes. Great to be here. Yep, yep. Nice to have you. Now you had me on uh, your show earlier in the year, and we had a great conversation, uh, you know, regarding how you know my origins, things like that. And I wanted to return the favor. I wanted to have you back on, especially to talk about your origins as well as your opinions. And also, I want to use you uh, as an as a positive example for people who really want to speak out. They don't necessarily have to do exactly what you do, but they can do something in regards to communicating with the, with the community. Um, one of the things that I actually wanted to ask you first was how did you get into this space and what what moved you into the political ideology that you have now? Who in the hell is Willie Bragg, basically? Okay, I guess we'll begin at the beginning. Um, yeah. And we'll start with the Reagan era when I was in my teen years. And um, I lived in northeastern North Carolina in the rural area. It was very rural, very conservative. And my family um, didn't quite fit in in the area. Um, we just didn't quite fit in. And so, um, you know, as I said, you know, it was that and it was a lot of it was a lot of bigotry, a lot of uh, narrow mindedness, and um, in you know, it, and even when it affects you personally, it kind of affects your outlook toward toward society too. 
And um, so um, I kind of uh, started developing, uh, you know, I started developing, um, uh, you know, interest in politics as a result. At first, I was just a generic liberal Democrat uh, in the very beginning. Um, you know, Michael Dukakis was my first vote in 1988. I voted for Bill Clinton in 1992. Uh, you know, but uh, um, seeing what Bill Clinton did, continuing the Reagan Bush years, I was like, I was like, well, I need to go further left. So I became a socialist, and um, you know, I so I I joined, you know, I joined the Socialist Party USA. Was an activist for about a decade, um, engaged in independent politics, did a lot of local activism for the, for many years. Um, and let's see, you know, and kind of uh, I, you know. Voting inside, outside, I, mean, I was willing to support, you know, back then somebody like an AOC type candidate back then when, you know, when many of us were believing in someone like an AOC. Um, mm -hmm. Well, um, by the time Bernie Sanders came along, I became like uh, a huge supporter. And um, and in 2016 and 2020, I was a Bernie Sanders slash Tulsi Gabbard supporter. Uh, she kind of turned out to be kind of disappointing. And. Yes, frankly, so did Bernie. Um, and I was thinking about not voting, but I'm like uh, all about supporting uh, Cornell West in 2024. I got into this online space be uh, in 2020 because um, I was trying to work for, for the Bernie Sanders campaign, trying to spread the word by having a channel to do this as a hobby and on the side. And when he dropped out, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to continue doing this. And and um, it's a way just to vent out and and try to build a community. And and here I am, and I work for KRTD Media. I do a podcast every Saturday night officially for them. Yeah. That's great. Thank you so very much. You know, one of the things that I, I you know, a lot of us have, really gotten in on was that a lot of us have this start off with it's kind of like uh, a springboard from bernie sanders into this space uh, a lot of us were looking at who was actually talking and who was uh in, in the room basically kind of maneuvering the narrative and we got in you know i i personally got into it because it feels like They want to keep us within a certain range. And by they, I mean what I like to call the legacy left. It was great when Bernie was around. But then as we started to go into a particular direction, a lot of us mentally started going even further left than Bernie. Um, I say, I always say that we grew past Bernie, right? I agree. And so now you have the same people, and I'm not trying to harp on them, but they're there's it feels like they're stagnant in that area when it comes to uh they want another bernie type figure when in reality it's my opinion that a sanders is no longer good enough right uh and, and it's almost the the depending on a savior when in reality you know you know we're both socialists we know that we save us we can't depend on a, a particular person um is that also part of the reason why you decide to stay in this space uh because from what i see is i feel like some of the legacy left 
aren't radical enough. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like they're, they can sometimes be a good gateway, but sometimes they also kind of keep people, you know, in a same space. But at the same time, it's like you can see the value in what they do. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, we need to go further. What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts? I'm sorry. Oh, we need to go further. I mean, as far as Bernie Sanders is concerned, um, he hit a brick wall. Um, I may disagree with those that say he was trying to sheep herd back into the Democratic Party. I think that he hit a brick wall and he's too scared to be looked upon or written off as the next Ralph Nader. And so this is where he's at, um, unfortunately, um, you know, um, so as far as the as far as the online as far as the um, online legacy media, um, they're in a rut. They're trying to they're trying to continue. They look at uh, Marianne Williamson. I don't have anything against her except for the Ukraine conflict and her um, her faith in the Democratic Party. Um, but you know, it's just kind of like uh, you know, it, it, the Democratic Party can't be reformed. It just can't be reformed. I, I mean, I they're not going. They're not going to give us anything. They're not going to do a damn thing. They gave us a proxy war. They didn't give us a minimum wage increase. They didn't give us a public option that didn't even go far enough. They didn't do anything to do build back better. Nothing. They got nothing. They told, uh, like Jimmy Dore said, they, the Democratic, uh, the Democrats told the, uh, basically told the left, don't do Medicare for all marches. Don't do forced vote. Don't do anything. Just stay in your place and just be and vote harder in each election cycle. That's not good enough. They bust rail strikes and and you know and and things of like that. I mean, it's like, okay, you have two conservative parties. You got the, you got the Republicans who are borderline fascists if they're not there already, and you got the Democrats who are just a a little bit to the right of a conservative party in in other Western countries. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. We need to go further left. Yeah. Uh, you know, it kind of reminds me, you just reminded me of a quote that someone said, I'm trying to remember exactly who said it, but shout out to the person that said it. Uh, they said, liberalism is just fascism with a smile. I remember who said it though, but, uh, yeah, somebody said it, it was a great quote, but I'm just like, yeah, we, we got to, we have to move, we have to go into the opposite direction. And uh, I'm not sure if uh, many people in the audience caught my live stream on RBN on Sunday, but one of the things was I went into this analogy of a pregnancy. And right now, our nation really is in a pregnancy. And that pregnancy, you have two results. You have either you have a live birth or stillbirth. There's going to be one of the two ways. And the live birth is socialism. The stillbirth is going to be fascism. There's no in between. There's no baby that's ever born halfway alive and halfway stillborn. And we're going to get to a point where we're going to either be in one direction or the other. And the thing is, is that I want people to realize that uh, if you're going the fascism route, then you're going Nazi Germany route. If you're going the socialism route, then you're going to go the way of either, you know, China, uh, the former Soviet Union, or you're going to go into Cuba. And the thing is, is that, you know, with places like, uh, you know, Cuba and China, they relatively, you know, have 
uh, no homelessness. Um, relative poverty has been utterly destroyed in China. You know, so, you know, you have all these different benefits that you have in places like this. And even though they're fear mongered left and right versus do you want marginalized communities, especially, and this includes a lot of white people because a lot of white people are also disabled. A lot of white people do not fall into this perfect category of, you know, what people, what some of these, uh, you know, uh, fascists want. So you're also going to be included into it, even if you don't think so right now. So my thing is, is that we have to push forward an agenda that helps people to think that they do not want to continue to be making money for rich people, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was just saying that to, to kind of tie into what you were saying earlier also, but uh, as far as, you know, one of the questions that I also had was uh, regarding the left, because we're, we're venturing into that space right now. As far as the left is concerned, what do you think could be some of these solutions to what the left, especially in the West, is going through? Because it feels like there's some people say it's infighting. Some people say it's almost like a almost like a calling out um, of, you know, people who divorce themselves from leftist values. Right. What do you see as the issue and what do you see that is potentially the solution? Well, there's a lot of, of egos and, and that's across the political spectrum. I mean, if you're politically charged on the left or the right or the center, um, people people do have uh, um, it. It takes somebody who's eccentric to get into into this field to begin with. Um, but there's there's always been egos and my way or the highway sort of uh, of attitude. Um, and goodness gracious, if I had a dollar for every sectarian um, fight I've you know been involved with, I'd be a wealthy man. <laughs> well, because <laughs> you know, um, I tell you, there's there's a lot of people that will you know we're like ninety percent there, but um, sometimes there's a little detail and they're like. What do you mean? Blah 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 blah. I'm like, well, we're like ninety percent there, you know, and um, and sometimes sometimes some of these differences are very insignificant, and I, I I've been guilty of that too in the past. Uh, by the way, I mean, um, so I mean, it, this is this is me. I'm I've I've been guilty of that, and uh, I've evolved in that regard too. So, uh, um, it takes people kind of overlooking some differences. Not not too wide of a difference, but uh, it also is going to take. It's also going to take, you know, uh, electorally, it's going to take something outside the Democratic Party. Uh, will it be the Greens? Would it be some kind of Labor Party? You know, like they have in in other Western countries, um, the way they used to be um, when they were delivering goods. Uh, it, you know, would, would it be something like that? Would it be? Um, what, whatever, however, it's going to evolve. We, you know, um, it's got. We got to do something that's outside the two conservative parties, and you got to convince organized labor to join the struggle somehow. Uh -huh. You can't. You can't get labor behind the struggle as small as labor is in this country. Um, I don't know what to do. Sometimes I don't. I don't have all the answers, but uh, mm -hmm. I try to find the answers every day. 
Yeah, it, it feels like, uh, you know, there is there needs to be a more of a larger focus on on the ground organizing. And I this is I think this is one of the reasons why we're trying to do chapters in RBN is because even though we're in front of you on the screen, uh, I feel like a lot of people just do not have the guidebook, so to speak, to, okay, so how do we start? And even if many people do not, and even if people do have a guidebook, some can't really just jump because of, you know, a lot of us are weighed down by having to work full-time jobs on top of many of the different things. Some of us have multiple jobs. And so it's really, uh, we're, we're, we're held down by this necessity to produce just to survive. And we don't have the bandwidth, the mental and emotional bandwidth to really consider what things that we need to push forward and to improve our, our condition. That's what it feels like. Um, and so in my view, it feels like there's a lot of people who are going, I guess I'll just vote for president because that's all I can really have the energy to do. Uh, what is your thoughts about that? Well, it, it, for me, I, I was, in fact, with this presidential election, I'm, I was thinking about never voting again after what we went through with Bernie. And uh, so, um, and thinking about not voting at all, like boycotting elections and everything. Um, Sometimes when people resort to voting, it's it's just a symbolic um, way of tr of trying to trying to just uh, bend out. But I think that there should be other methods. I mean, because uh, honestly, uh, I the system it, it they, they don't they're not going to allow they're not going to allow anything um, that's remotely tangible for the left to have our victory. So you have to go and find alternative methods, you know, direct actions, things like that. I think that, like, for example, um, right, the city councilwoman, Shama Sawant's uh, worker strike back is a great model to go by. I mean, it sounds like she's foregoing electoral politics and focusing on organizing, um, organizing and to try to build the labor movement. I think it's building the labor movement and linking with, with social justice groups, um, linking people of color, the LBGTQ community, um, you know, um, without trying to sound cliche, the, the whole intersectionality game, um, try to try to link together for a common cause. I think mm -hmm. that's what it's going to take. And, um, you know, and just trying to find a method that's going to work for everybody. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I think one of the things, you know, and, and I, I, I think you'll agree is that, you know, there is a lot of scapegoating that comes from what I like to call the the corporate dictators. Um, and so because of that, the corp the scapegoating will come especially towards marginalized communities uh and so there's a lot of people who have to kind of throw these things away and open their eyes to realize that we're all connected you know and if we 
realize that, then that's the way to really take down, as we used to say back in the day, the man. And so I feel like, you know, we're getting there and it's starting to grow. But because of that, then the powers that be see it as dangerous and they don't want this to happen. And every single time a union, <laughs> it's like when every single time a union, you know, starts up or every single time a new organization pops up and starts serving the communities, like really serving the communities, then that's when they get, that's when their butt puckers just a little bit wider, <laughs> you know? And so my thing is I want them to, I don't just want them to know that we're, that we see them and we're doing things to grow. But I I want them to meet their end sooner, uh, as, as soon as possible. And by meeting their end, I mean the system itself. Uh, you know, <laughs> speaking of meeting their end, you know, I had a billionaire that died last week because you know they're hubris. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, there's a lot of uh, you know talk about that. But you know, we we want a system that is actually going to benefit everybody not just a few but i don't know it's it, it you know what do you think is going to be within the next 10 years or so what do you think the timeline is going to look like well there is a little bit of optimism uh, uh overall and here's where i'm optimistic Again, I'm going back to the days of Reagan. It was very lonely to even just to be a just call yourself a liberal in the late 80s, early 90s, which I'm not a liberal now, but that, that was a death sentence politically. Really? Yeah. You call yourself a liberal, and oh my god, people are like, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And let alone call yourself a socialist back then. But uh, but uh, you know, the thing about it is that you know there are there are more people on our side um, on these issues now than back then. I mean, back then, if you said you were for single payer health care or socialized medicine, or, you know, they just they looked at you like you were nuts. You know, I remember I'm passionately opposed to capital punishment. Uh, always have been from day one. And I remember being made fun of when I when people found out I opposed the death penalty. Unfortunately, the death penalty still is here, but more people are sympathetic to abolishing capital punishment now than they've been in my lifetime. Um, and I I hope that I'll, I will live to see capital punishment abolished here in the United States. But um, more states now have abolished the death penalty in the last, I guess, last... 15 years, there's been a, it was a stall when Reagan became president. Uh, I mean, with the war on crime that they, that, and the beefed up, uh, the beefed up law enforcement with the Pentagon, get, you know, getting stuff from the Pentagon and the militarization of the police that started really horribly under Reagan and everything. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, just this, you know, um, and, you know, just, you know, just, this whole clamp down on civil liberties that has taken place and then add the war on terror and, and the government snooping and in your life and my life, um, you know, um, just checking up to see how subversive we are or what have you. I mean, you know, we kind of live in a neo-McCarthyist era and they're scared of people like us. Wow. Yeah. 
let me ask you this as well. Um, as far as the, uh, as far as the, um, the climate, uh, especially around Reagan, was there the same type of worry where people said, if you don't vote for, like, for instance, they said, if you don't vote for um, Carter, then, you know, this is the most important election of your lifetime. You got to vote for Carter or or else Reagan's going to come in and he's going to destroy the United States and he's the second coming of Hitler. It, was that the same type of, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, let's see, when Ronald Reagan... Back in the 60s, when Ronald Reagan became governor of California, people thought this was a lunatic, you know, outside of the Jim Crow South. I mean, Ronald Reagan of California, I mean, he was considered like the he was he was sort of like he was sort of viewed the way they view Ron DeSantis today. And um, and so um, in 1980, I mean, the the liberals were like, um, I mean, they didn't. They weren't like having the nervous breakdown they had when Trump got elected in 2016, but they they were they were a little they were a little shaken up, and um, and Reagan happened just as you know just as you know crap happens. Um, I'm editing myself because I I don't want to jeopardize your monetization there on your channel. Um, it, 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 things happen and life went on. Reagan's 49 state landslide against Mondale in 84. Um, you know, the Democrats felt like they were never going to win another election again. And so the Democrats went further right. Uh, they weren't perfect in the 80s, but the Democratic Party were never officially a Labor Party or a Social Democratic Party, never officially, in spite of some good things that FDR did. Um, but, you know, they certainly are not one now. Um, and uh, Bill Clinton Reaganized the Democratic Party. And so, but yeah, people have always been scared of what the Republicans coming in there and, and how how it's going to be the second coming of Hitler. I mean, they did that with Trump and, and everything. People kind of have good reason to be scared of DeSantis. Oh, of course. Um, my thing is, is that when it comes to people like DeSantis, is, I mean, he's he's kind of cut from the same cloth as Trump and Trump is cut from the same cloth as Biden. Um, yeah. you know, and people like the uh, Trump and Biden, people try to make them seem like they're very different, but really they're two men from the same era with the same values. No fundamental just, changes. Remember he said that. He said what? Joe Biden said there will be no fundamental changes back in 2020. Well, absolutely. He definitely yeah. did say that. And, you know, to add what you said, you look at a lot of the stances that Biden had back then. He didn't mince words. He didn't stutter. And, you know, everything that he says now is really just for political expediency. And he will continuously say that just because he is in the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party has shifted. If the Democratic Party had still been the Democratic Party of let's say the 1920s uh, and 30s, you know, uh, the Democratic Party before the ideological shift, you know, Joe Biden would fit right on in with the Democratic Party of back then. 
before the ideological shift. So, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, when you look at somebody like Joe Biden and you have a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of people who are in marginalized groups and then they try to tell, oh, my goodness, at least, you know, Joe Biden's not that great, but at least he's not. They count on that. You know, they count on him at least not being when in reality he actually is, but they just don't realize it because they're listening to the stenographers of the Democratic Party instead of actually looking at him for what he really is. And, you know, uh, looking at, like, for instance, the proxy war in Ukraine and the, the, the writing a blank check to, you know, Nazis in this country. And then on top of it, uh, the the austerity uh, that he is giving an open door to. Uh, he's, you know, just like Trump, if not worse. A, a lot of people are now starting to say he's worse, you know. And it's almost like Trump is the boogeyman, but at the same time, the person that comes behind him that has a smile on his face that's licking ice cream cones with a pair of aviator glasses on He's actually the most dangerous one. You know, it's just like for it's just like people who talk about drag queens and they'll be like, oh, my God, drag queens are the worst. And yet they'll they won't take two seconds to look at their pastor, even though he's smiling in their face. So I, I look at Joe Biden the same way. Like and I'm not saying that, you know, uh, Donald Trump is like into a drag queen. Absolutely not drag queen. Uh, I'd be insulting drag queens like crazy because drag queens actually do a good service for people and for as far as entertainment. But, you know, Donald Trump is horrible. But the thing is, is like, I think Joe Biden is that covert horrible, whereas Donald Trump is the overt. You know what I mean? And Ron DeSantis being the worst of the three. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's smarter. He's smarter and more competent than the other two. He is. But at the same time, DeSantis. DeSantis doesn't know how to articulate uh, through uh, a more of a populist lens. He's very corporate. And oh, so, you know, Donald Trump may not be as bad socially, but Ron DeSantis may not be. Ron DeSantis is typical average Republican when it comes to economic issues, if that makes any sense. What Ron DeSantis is, and I summed it up this way, he's basically everything I hated about George W. Bush and Dick Cheney, who I considered the worst president we ever had. He's the worst, George W. Bush. I hated the Bush-Cheney um, period, uh, the, 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 the administration more than any in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, he's basically everything I hated about Bush and Cheney and everything that all the real and the and the kind of a projection that people have of Donald Trump without the comedy show. Okay, I can concede to that. I can or concede maybe he's Doctor Evil, Doctor Evil from Austin. <laughs> I just got a visual of Ron DeSantis ball going like this. <laughs> no, I'm thinking that Donald Trump is Dr. Evil. Now, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is Mike Myers from Halloween. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. He's not well, charismatic, but he knows the institutions of government. 
and mm-hmm. he, he and he can get he's not again he's not charismatic but he can get normal people to be fooled i mean uh, you know i don't um I mean, he, bill mark bill mark thinks that things are going to be okay if if ron DeSantis is president i'm like what the hell Wait, i'm sorry what Bill Maher thinks everything's going to be okay when, you know, um, he's okay with Biden and he'll be okay with, with, with DeSantis, uh, Bill Maher. But wait, <laughs> he has an issue with Trump? Well, he did sue him over a joke. Trump did try to sue him over a joke. Okay, so he, I'm sorry, but Bill Maher gets his whitey tighties in a bunch because Donald Trump got his whitey tighties in a bunch, but yet you're going to give credence to people like Joe Biden and Ron DeSantis. Yep, that's 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 my. I mean, he's he's horrible. He's went downhill. Look, that gel then went straight to his brain. Yeah, I and used to kind of respect him. Smooth brain? Can he? Be? <laughs> he's horrible today. I look. I don't know what is going into Bill Maher. What what is he putting in his weed? Because it's not weed that he's putting in there. It's got to be something else that he's lacing it with. Because for him to think that oh Joe Biden's okay, Ronda Sanders okay, but Trump bad. I'm like, okay, that's like saying, okay, I'm cool with dot with getting dunked into a bat of acid, but drowning. And burning alive, I'm sorry, drowning and burning alive, I'm okay with, but getting dumped into a bat of acid, I'm I'm just not okay with. Like, what? He's even buddy-buddy with Ben Shapiro and Dave Rubin these days, um, Bill Maher. He's gone downhill. And he sides with the corporate Democrats. I mean, like the worst of the corporate, like Amy Klobuchar was his choice in 2020 for president. Look, don't. <laughs> I can't talk about Bill Maher without giving a bit of a chuckle because I just feel like he's kind of, you know what I mean? No. Uh, like, like the whole like I think Amy Klobuchar would be a great candidate. Feel, makes me feel like she Amy Klobuchar was in the background with the stapler in her hand, threatening him if he doesn't say her name. You know, <laughs> that's what it feels like. He's like. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I yeah. I think Amy Amy Klobuchar would be good. How about that? And she's like, right. and she is so obnoxious. I mean, she was obnoxious. <laughs> wow, yeah. yeah. So yeah, but you know, here's the thing. Um, I get I get the I get a guilt trip because I've I've always voted third party for president. I just do that because um, neither the Democrats or Republicans has anything to offer me uh, on the major issues I care about. They don't offer me anything. Mm-hmm. And so I, I vote third party as much as I can. And and I until very recently, like maybe in the last couple of years, I may vote for the occasional Democrat, you know, and and then run to the nearest toilet. But uh, I'm not even doing that game anymore that, you know, that lesser evil. I mean, there. They got to be the the two party system has got to, to be eliminated. Is mm-hmm. to eliminate it. I, I agree. To, came to that realization. Um, so what what is your thoughts uh, specifically on the uh, presidential climate race climate that we have right now? 
regarding people like Dr. Cornell West, RFK Jr., Marianne Williamson, because we all know that, you know, it's just Joe Biden is just a walking, talking clusterfuck. So what do you think about people that are currently in the Democratic primary as well as Dr. Cornell West? Well, they're 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 going to do the Bernie Sanders on RFK and, uh, and Marianne Williamson. In spite of what we all may think of those two, they're they're getting rigged, in my opinion. I mean, or, well, I, let me rephrase that. I don't want to get anybody trouble in, in, in any troubles with my words here. I know how they are with the algorithms. Um, that was my opinion, not you know, not the official uh, position of the program. Um, I'm going to say Bernie Sanders. That's that's the way I'm going to put it. He, they're going to Bernie Sanders um, those two, um, RFK and and Marianne Williamson. Um, you know, I kind of think that 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 uh, they're going to do the same thing to Trump in some ways. Like Fox News, they got it. They're they're in the tank for for DeSantis. So um, so you're going to see a lot of um, uh, a lot of uh, creative things going on in the primaries. I, I'll put it that way. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Cornell West. Oh, Cornell West. Um, one hundred percent for him. I don't think it's a big deal. What like the people making it about? Oh, he went from the People's Party to the Green Party. Um, you know, I was going to support him no matter uh, which party he was going with, Green Party or the People's Party. He's got the policies. He's got the ideas. He's got the, he's got uh, the receipts. I mean, he's he's. I mean, he's basically the perfect candidate and um yeah i'm sure there's something there's probably an issue or two that i may disagree with uh with him no two people are going to agree i mean uh, you know i was the biggest bernie bro at one time and sure there was an occasional issue here and there that i would have found myself in a disagreement with so but what here's the thing cornell west i think is is the logical choice the only drawback with cornell west is that um if the Republicans win in 2024, um, and this is where he's got guts and Bernie Sanders don't. Um, the, he is going to be faulted for for a Republican victory in 2024. They're going to hate on him, and they're going to hate on the left. Uh, you know, they're going to just like they did in 2016, and like they did in 2000. You know, mm-hmm. I, we're used to the hate when when the Democrats don't get their way. Where you know the, the whether the, the the left is inside the Democratic Party or they're outside of the Democratic Party, they get the hate from the Democratic machine, mm-hmm. and then they usually go rightward afterwards. Yeah, it, I honestly do think that he should be prepared for that. I think he knows. Uh, it, you think so? I think he's aware. Yeah. And he, think, he's, he's got guts. He's 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 doing the right thing, and um and you know as I said uh yeah as I said he's he's got guts and so did Ralph Nader, but Bernie Sanders you know um not so much you know no um I think you know there's a lot of fear there, but that's what you know the the duopoly does is that they fear monger even to their, their members. And so I think with people like Dr. West running, I mean, he could, you know, ho- hopefully he brushes things like that off his shoulder, you know. But the thing is, is like, even though he may be aware of what of the blame that will be ensuing if a Republican wins, kind of like 
not if, but when. I honestly think a Republican is going to win. Anyways, uh, if or when it happens, I honestly do think that somebody like Dr. West, he makes sure that it does not get to him. Because if it does get to him, then it, you know, then you, because they'll do it. They'll do it before the general election. They'll try to make it seem like, oh, if you drop out, then they can absorb your voters. And then into the Democratic Party, when in reality, most of the voters who are voting green aren't actually going to go with the duop leaders, just going to sit it out. Yeah, because they're Green Party members. They're they're registered Greens. They're they're dues paying members of the Green Party in the, in many of these states that has a Green Party presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm a registered Green in North Carolina. Hmm? I'm a registered Green in North Carolina. Yeah, and the thing is, is that you know a lot of us, you know, who are independents and and in third parties, we say no, you know, to neither. It's either going to be it's kind of like an either a green uh independent or third party or bust because ultimately it's you know i don't see the democratic party and the republican party as two separate parties i see them as a unit party that's why i call them the demo republican party because they both are one and the same um one of the things that i also wanted to ask you as well and regarding presidential politics uh, and I would like to get your view regarding this. You are, this is a hypothetical scenario. You are now president of the United States, President Bragg. And you are now within your first 100 days. What are the, the top three policies that you would enact in your first 100 days? Now, they can be policies through legislation or they could be executive orders, however you wish to go. Let's see. Uh... As much as an executive order can take place, um, you know, let's see, executive order, okay, that's an easy one. Uh, pardon Julian Assange, pardon Ed Snowden, you know, you know, part, I mean, just basically all the, the, all the people who are being, um, you know, probed by the U.S. government for being whistleblowers, just go ahead and, and pardon them. Um, um, I, and I will probably uh, not be president very long, and um, I'll be mysteriously, you know, <laughs> yeah, mysteriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say that as far as uh, economics, um, and uh, I think that this been, you know, I would say um, honestly, labor law reform. Has I mean honestly probably labor law reform probably more than 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 Medicare for all strangely enough because I think that if you can just repair the unions um, it, it will make it easier to have a, 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 a build a universal health care system um, and as far as the military's concern um, you know do something to eliminate 
funding abroad, especially countries that violates human rights, whether we're talking, you know, no money for neo-Nazis, uh, uh, you know, for enabling neo-Nazis in the Ukraine, no more, no more money for apartheid Israel, no more money for uh, genocide uh, that's being committed by Saudis in Yemen, wherever, wherever the injustice takes place around the world, no more money, you know, no, no money. Uh, you know, that's one thing that can be done. I mean, I'm just kind of, thinking on the top of my head right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. One thing I was thinking about, uh, and uh, Nick, my comrade from RBN, he said, uh, and I thought this was brilliant. He said, when you are president of the United States, you are commander in chief of the armed forces. One of the things that he can do is cut, slash the military budget at like 95% and pull and close all of down the military bases. Around the world. All the troops out from around the world. You know, and I thought when he said that, I was like, oh, I didn't think about that before. And I was just like, that's brilliant. But we all know if I did something like that, I get JFK. <laughs> we all would. Um, actually, my dad, um, who, who, believe it or not, is a Republican. One day, one day he told me if we did close down the bases around the world, he, I mean, he is one of those anti-war Republican types. Uh, he he told me if we closed down the bases and we just had something like a basic Coast Guard, you know, he actually thinks that nobody would actually mess with the United States if we mind our own business. Wow. Well, yeah. The thing is, is that the only country that's really messing with anybody is the United States. The United States is a bully. It's a bully. It, it, it just can't resist. They're getting mad over a silly balloon flying over, over American airspace from China, but we can build military bases, you know, surrounding them. And, 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 and we get upset because they may build a base, uh, I guess they're planning to, or maybe they're just, Trolling the United States about building a base. <laughs> trolling be that. But but here's the thing though. Like if I if you have your house and we are a, a, a whole family that is always strapped, and then we're living in houses like a few houses down, and we have guns pointed at your house, but then we move into the houses closer to your house with guns pointed at your house. And then we move even closer and closer and closer. You're not going to be threatened by that. My question is, why in the hell wouldn't I? And so people look at places like Russia and be like, oh, my God, they're being the aggressor. But in reality, who's the one pointing the gun? Because And then people will go, well, the Cuban Missile Crisis, Russia put missiles in Cuba. Yes, because the United States put missiles in Turkey first. That's right. Absolutely. So... Everybody talks about the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? And they'll talk about Cuba and Russia. But what about the United States and Turkey? Because the United States was the first one that they they put that gun, they put that block in the face of Russia, and then they cocked the gun. They said, "Now what?" Well, that's the thing right there. Everybody, okay, I'm not a Putin fan, but here's the thing: why did why did they go and why did the invasion of, of Ukraine take in place? Well, the West broke a lot of. Uh, 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 promises, a lot of promises that was made to to Russia. 
that these countries were not going to join NATO. And then little by little, they started joining NATO and, and they forced in the 1990s all these austerity measures and forced privatizations uh, of these uh, former state-owned industry and caused a lot of uh, a lot of economic misery in, in Russia. It, it, it paid way for, um, you know, uh, Vladimir Putin, whatever people may think of him. I'm, I got issues with Putin. I don't like the way he treats the LBGTQ community in, in Russia. But you know what? They are treated a hell of a lot worse in the Ukraine. That's the dirty little secret. Mm-hmm. It's they're the worst treated in in Europe. They're the worst treated in the Ukraine, and and a lot of people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's one thing. Actually, you know what? Let me show. Let me show this because um, I saw this earlier today, and I was just like. Dear God, people are blinded to the truth when it comes to, uh, you know, the forces in this war. And it is just. All right. I found it. This I'm not sure if you saw this picture of a Ukrainian pers- uh, POW. Um, but I'm going to show you now. now. And. This is not an outlier. This person is not. This person is more of the rule rather than. Yeah, rather, uh, I saw that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, people who say, oh, my God, there are no Nazis in, you know, fighting in, in Ukraine. This is the typical soldier that is in Ukraine that is being funded by our government with a blank check. Exactly, exactly. And I knew about the Nazis going back to the year 2014 when the CIA toppled the government in the, uh, the Ukraine. There was, I mean, there was talk in the media and mainstream news. You know, we're not talking about, we're not talking about alternative news. Uh, you know, we'll have alternative media. We're talking about mainstream news that we're talking about uh, 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 neo-Nazis who are playing a role in the government of Ukraine. And um, so that, that's been going on. And then all of a sudden, you know, nobody nobody ever heard of Stepan Bandera yet. That's what they do. They honor Stefan Bandera in the Ukraine. They have street parades and all of this sort of thing that goes on. And um, and they, you know, as I said, they they um, you know, they ban thirteen political parties. Uh, uh, many of them on the left. They ban collective bargaining. They ban the Russian Orthodox Church. Um, and you compare Ukraine to to Russia. Russia's more democratic than the Ukraine, and they're doing ethnic cleansing against ethnic Russians in the Donbass region. Yeah, but people don't want to talk about that. Or and, and the kill list, know. the kill list. Sorry, the kill list that they have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, um, I think they put Jimmy Dore on it. <laughs> Jimmy Dore, uh, Aaron Matei, um, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, Glenn Greenwald, I mean, uh, several Americans, Noam Chomsky, even even a douchebag like uh, like Henry Kissinger. <laughs> they put Kissinger on there? I guess one mellows with age. Uh, yeah, he actually favors negotiation. That's crazy, right? Kissinger? Kissinger is on, on, the, kill, on the kill list. So I want to go to my next question. 
Uh, you know, as far as, as times. <laughs> yeah, you know, I got to look at the camera. But one of the things that I wanted to uh, also ask you, uh, this is you know kind of a fun question. And so what is one food that really Brad cannot live without? Like just just one. Hmm. I know there's a lot for me. It's a lot for me too. Uh, sometimes I'm thin, sometimes I'm heavy, and I'm in between right now. But uh, I'm trying to think. It's, it's, I love to eat, actually. So um, I'm going to say anything. Well, my old time favorite, anything Italian. So uh, that's probably going to be the one thing that's going to be hard to give up. Anything that's Italian. Um, second tier would be a good steak. Uh, you know. Yeah. What cut? Uh, let's see. Probably a filet mignon. Yeah, something like that. New York mm -hmm. strip. Yeah. Okie dokie. Yeah. Sounds good. Nice little red in there in between. You know, baked potato. Uh, you know, you know, with the Mediterranean salt rubbed in real good. Uh, you know, salad, extra blue cheese dressing. Uh, Guinness beer. It doesn't matter what time of the year with the Guinness beer. Never had Guinness before. Well, I'm not and, really a beer drinker, though. In Ireland, it is superior to the Guinness here in the United States. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had uh, I've never had a Guinness. And I'm not a beer drinker because, to me, it tastes horrible for me. Um, I will be the first to go, give me a drink that doesn't taste like alcohol at all. And if it's a sweet drink... A fruity drink. All right, I'm down. I you drink know? it all. <laughs> I drink yeah. it all. Yeah, beer, so. wine, liquor, it doesn't matter. I drink it all. Yep, that's cool. Um, my final question is more of a deep question. Um, if you need to take time for this one, then that's fine. But I, I like to get this question as well from everybody who comes on initially. Is uh, you know you reach the end of your life, you lived a long life. What is the one thought or opinion that you want people to have about you? Hmm. Well, I guess that, you know, that, that uh, I was there to try to make a difference. I mean, wow. I, yeah. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know if you you know Rome from RBN, but <laughs> one of my favorite things that he said when I asked him this question, he said, I want them to say that he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> that was hilarious. Well, I love the work that he does. I mean, uh, uh, I, I, I believe if, if more people will follow his example, we would probably be well on our way toward socialism of some sort. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing a great job with that library. He's almost done. Just that much more. So I can't yeah. wait to see it done. No, I, I mean, yeah. I, I wish more people would do that. I mean, I wish that uh, you know, um, you know, um, it just takes just takes somebody making that step to do it. I mean, uh, and um, you, you have to lead by example, and um, and and he's he's showing the example right there. Mm -hmm. Who 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 inspired 
who has inspired you the most or who does inspire you? I know this is not a question I was planning on asking, but you just brought that to my brain. Who inspires you or who has inspired you? Oh, you mean ideologically? Yeah. I would say as far as my explicit socialism from an American perspective, I would say Eugene Victor Debs. I, that, that's the tradition I come from. You know. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. An OG of sorts in a way. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I mean, running for president while still in prison. I mean, you know, that's that's pretty that's pretty good. That's pretty awesome. I have a funny story about him. Um, so I'll, I kind of started leaning towards socialism because I had a professor in college that was an, an extreme right winger. I mean, like a right. I mean, and the only reason I respect him is that that he actually taught history in a way that was interesting. I mean, uh, it, it, a lot of people thought he was dry and I didn't like his ideology, but he did paint, uh, it, in spite of his dry demeanor, he did paint a, a, a picture. And um, and I, you know, that's what I studied when I was at, e at East Carolina. So when the when I was taking American history, he was talking about Eugene Debs and he hated socialism. No matter how much he tried to paint him as an evil man, it did. I didn't see him as an evil man. I was like, who the hell is this Eugene Debs? And I did my own research. I was like, I, I like this guy, Eugene Debs. I mean, you know, so, uh, you know, that sort of kind of paid my way into, you know, to, to my interest into socialism and um, right there. Wow. Yeah. Pretty cool. Thank you so much for that. It's, it's like you kind of had the counter effect that the professor actually won. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he's dead today, but I'm sure if he knew I became a socialist through through his oratory in Clark. He actually was, he was actually interesting. I mean, I, I, again, I didn't like his politics, but I kind of weirdly respected him because he, the way he taught it, it, I mean, he kind of painted a, he kind of painted a picture very fresh in my mind and everything. I was just like, and, and as I said, I did my research and I was just like, um, then I found out what all that, because of Eugene Dubs, you know, everything, you know, you know, the Socialist Party of America, um, and then all the other leftist groups that came out of the Socialist Party, the alphabet soup of the American left today goes back to this old Socialist Party of America, no matter what flavor of socialist, uh, socialism exists in this country. That's a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing. I, I am honored that you shared it with me. Thank you. Anytime. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as far as, uh, you know, where can they connect to you? Where can they find you? Let the people know. Oh, um, well, um, Willie Bragg, I'm, you can find me on Twitter Willie, um, at Willie Bragg TV. Um, YouTube at um, Willie, you can just find me, the Willie Bragg Show, YouTube.com forward slash at Willie Bragg TV. Um, I think it's Facebook for slash the Willie Bra Bragg show on, on, on Facebook, Twitch TV dot, let's see, Twitch dot TV. I, I forgot the URL. Um, I, I, I don't go on Twitch that much, but, uh, but I think it is, uh, I think it is, uh, Willie Bragg TV, but, uh, I, 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 I forgot at the moment. <laughs> So it's all good. It's all good. Uh, you know, I have your links in the description as well below. 
so if anybody would like to go to subscribe to Willie Bragg's channel as well as take a look at you know what he's talking about you know recently then go ahead and do that as well it is a really good um it's a really good channel especially to get you know good political analysis um and so i actually appreciate you know your analysis and i just really want to say that i appreciate you coming on it has been a great conversation and yeah i i can't wait to have you back on soon Oh, absolutely. And um, and I appreciate your program. I uh, I work graveyard shift and uh, whenever you're on and I'm I'm awake, I, I do make sure I watch it. You know, I watch your program, too, and and make sure I watch RBN throughout the week. So um, I I love what you guys do over there. At RBN. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Give my love to all the people at KRTD Media as well. I will be I'll be doing that. I will be doing that very soon. OK. All right. Thank you so much, Willie. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, guys, good to see all of you here. That was a great conversation. Um, you know, I, I, one thing I love is I love getting the perspective from everybody uh, in regards to how they came up, how they came about, and what type of, you know, and through the lens that they see, you know, how they want this country to be better and so i think that that is very important and talking to people as well uh you know within your community to get their perspective i think is good because then you get to see things through their eyes and if they need some adjusting you can do that or if they're right on the money you can also give positive reinforcement in that arena too so I, that's one of the reasons why i love talking to different people and also, I hope having Willie Bragg on encourage you guys to speak more uh, to your neighbors, even if it's like, for instance, if you guys are online, if you're on Facebook, if you know somebody's complaining about their job, you know, you can say, well, wouldn't it be nice if workers actually own the place that they worked at, you know? Or if you said, well, what if be nice if we didn't have to worry about these medical bills? Would it be nice if you know if your kid? has signed up for the military or your sibling has signed up for the military, wouldn't it be nice that they wouldn't have to go to war and they wouldn't have to, you know, make money for these contractors or these, or these military industrial complex entities like Northrop Grumman or, or Raytheon or Lockheed Martin, you know, you can use these different things in order to help people to gravitate towards more of a class consciousness. I think that that's one of the reasons why I also like to interview people and get their origin story, their perspective, so that once they, once you find that out, you can use policy in order to say, wouldn't it be nice if, or wouldn't it be cool if we had this, you know, and use this for whoever you wish. You can use it on conservatives, liberals, anybody in between, you know, use it in order to build a dialogue so that you can build class consciousness because and then also you can say look this person and put in the specific marginalized community here when you know they aren't really your issue the issue is and then talk about the global elite or talk about you know billionaires or talk about you know even if they say somebody like 
you know, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, you know, Harlan Crow, you know, whoever, you know, the, the people that conservatives like the name all the time, um, you know, just in, put that name in there and say, wouldn't it be nice if the wealth that they stole went straight back to us? You know, you know, just use that, you know, because there's most people out there. They hate a particular billionaire. But in reality, they should really, really should not like any of them at all. But you know what I mean? So just want to thank all of you guys for being in. Um, I'm going to go to the chat really quick. And I'm going to say my hellos as well as get to the super chats as well. So I, hang on, ooh, ooh, we gotta go way up. Going all the way up, all the way up. Nothing can stop me, I'm all the way up. Sorry. <laughs> all right, so of course we have Willie Bragg on. So Kiri Adams says, our facade of a democracy is becoming more and more transparent. Thank you so much, Kiri Adams. Good to see you as well. And then Cobra Commander was asking if Willie Bragg was related to Billy Bragg, the folk singer who made Russophobic statements and endorsed Azov Nazis. And he, Billy Bragg said, I am not related to Billy Bragg at all, though that I'm a fan of his music. So, also, who else is in the chat? All right, we have the Jam Mom coming in saying, Peace, JB. Good to see you. We got Wadi coming in saying, Hey, everybody. Good to see you in here as well. Miss Janice Anderson saying hi all. Oh, this is, we got Miss Janice Anderson among us. We need critical thinking says today episode. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. We need critical thinking. Appreciate that. All right. We have Janae Chambers giving out some love. Good to see you, Miss Janae. All right. Give them the boot coming in saying suck, y'all. Oh, thank you so very much. It's actually been a few, couple months. Wait, has it been a couple months? Actually, it's been about a month, month and a half since I got my hair cut. I'm about to do, but I'm broke as a joke right now, so I can't do it. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. All right. And Rick Solis coming in saying, hey, y'all. Good to see you, Rick. All right. We have DJ Hi Yona saying, oh, snap, my homie Willie's in the house. Smoke them weeds. Okay. Sorry. That's how I imagine you saying it. So, <laughs> but good to see you, DJ. Hi, Yona. All right. He's high on the Yona. All right. We got Alex in the chat saying social democracy is objectively the, the, the left wing of fascism. Ooh, that was from Stalin. Interesting. All right. Desert Mantis <laughs> says, I always thought that JB gave me the willies. <laughs> jokes, jokes, jokes. I love it. Thank you so very much. All right. We have VS Adams saying, austerity and censorship lead to fascism. Yeah. And we, we've been having nothing but austerity and censorship for the last 40 years, at least. We have Krona Ursa saying, I'm more the former. All right. Thank you. As opposed to the latter. All right. So who else do we have in the chat? All right. Let's go. 
think I said my hellos to just about everybody that's responded in the chat. Oh, 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 oh. we have CBC voter coming in saying hi, JB. What is uh, T? Thumbs up, peace, and aliens. All right. We have news and analysis with Arturo. Says we need critical thinking. Door is a racist and a sellout. Oh, thank you for your comment. <laughs> All right. We have Sean Miller saying J2E, that you? Uh, let me see. Let me go to who else? Oh, gamer for life. DeSantis is evil as F. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Good to see you. All right. So uh, one thing I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to the Super Chats really quick. So we have Roger Meadows. Thank you so much for the Super Chat. Roger says, uh, brag, Truman gave us CIA, military industrial complex, and NSA. He's the worst president. Ooh. Wow. It's kind of, you know, they're kind of competing for who can be the worst, you know? That's one thing I, I wonder about, you know. Janice Adam, uh, Janice Anderson asked me, lost some weight, JB? Ah, lost a few. I don't know, you know, I'm losing a little, little something, something. And also, thank you so much for the super chat, Janice. Janice says, and Bernie Sanders was Bill Bradley. <laughs> they knew the strategies used in 2015-16 against Bernie would work because they used most of them against Bradley in 2000 when he ran against Gore. Ah, some historical analysis from Janice. Thank you so much. Hey, Marco. Marco says, so World War III is the U.S. and Nazis allied together against capitalist Russia. Truth is stranger than fiction. Right? I'm just like, What? Because we all know that Putin is anti-communist, right? Putin does not like the left. And so, you know, it's like, wait. What? Oh, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. Notori Lee coming in. She says, sushi for me, for Notori Lee. Good to see. You know what? I had sushi for the first time. What was it? How old was I? I think I was like 21, 22. And I was like, okay, let me try it. And so I had sushi uh, with a little bit of wasabi. And it wasn't bad at all. It was actually pretty good. And so I've had it. It's good. And I'm sorry. Look, this is why I'm about to lose a bunch of y'all in the chat really quick. But <laughs> white creamy fruit. You know my mind went there. You know my mind went there, DJ Hyona. Why in the hell do y'all watch this show? <laughs> oh my goodness! How you doing? <laughs> thank you for the thank you for the super chat, Roger. He says Bragg Truman gave us CIA military industrial complex, NSA. He's the worst press. Okay, 
thank you so much. <laughs> Why the hell? What is in my brain right now, y'all? Oh my goodness. You know, you you guys know exactly what to say to get me to read it. That's the problem. You guys are so oh my god, you guys appeal to my silly side. <laughs> you froze for a second, JB gives the eye. <laughs> All right, let me check. Uh let me check also the, the chat on Rumble. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody that's watching on Rumble at the moment, but we shall see. Okay. All right. Ah, uh, yes. It's time for us to jet. I get into you right. Give me time. Going real, real slow. All right. Um, not yet. But if you guys are also on Rumble, be sure to give me a like as well all right thank you so much for watching on rumble too good to see you all right so and then let me check the rock because we've got to go there before i get into my next story before i get into my next story because this story is going to be whoo roger you sent me this story i'm like what all right all right, thanks for the tip, Roger. Roger says, mom and her parents from Durham, and she and her sis moved to New York in the 1950s. Brag, my Gen X comrade, I turned 18 a month after Bush Sr. was elected. Oh, didn't know the existence of a thing called midterm 36 governor elections until there was a big hoo-ha about Pelosi being first woman will become first speaker was all over the news. I was like, huh? There was an election? So 92 was my first election I voted for in for Bill. Oh, you voted for, oof. Gotta feel bad about that one, huh? <laughs> Thanks to Gregory Walker for the for the tip on Rockfin. Gregory says, extra, extra, read on the ballot. Don't mean to get off topic, but just heard this morning, Wyatt Reed is taking the spot for Ben Norton. Ben Norton, that's how you spell I can't say that word. RFK is how you spell that word with a K. <laughs> Damn, Greg. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Coming in with the swings. Greg also says, I'm sorry. Did Dr. West win the primary already? Uh, no, I think they're still going to have a primary. I'm not just not sure if, if Dr. West will... Uh, I'm not sure if Dr. West will actually be um, losing the primary. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Gravy Washer says, Dr. Shiva. I just heard about Dr. Shiva on RBN on Sunday, so I'll be looking into him. Uh, Gregory Walker also says, China should have had thought about that before they built their country on top of our resources. But the problem is it's not their fault because you got to think about NAFTA. And since the jobs were sent overseas, they were like, let's send them over to China. And China was like, ah, I guess so. Okay, I'll take them. And so that's what China did. You know, you can't blame China. Really, you got to blame the politicians for NAFTA, right? You know, we can't blame China for, you know, it's just like, that's like having 
a really good burger, but you're like, you know what? I really don't want it. You're being kind of bratty. You're like, I don't really want this burger here. Give it to this person who's kind of poor, who really doesn't have it. And they're like, okay, I guess I'll take it. And they start eating it. But then you get mad at them after they ate it because now you're hungry and you ain't got nothing to eat. You know, it's like blame people like Bill Clinton and Joe Biden because they're the ones that voted for NAFTA, you know? You know, sorry, but that's the way it is. Uh, let me see. Uh, see, uh, and Gregory says, would you ever interview Keith McHenry, who founded Food Not Bombs? He has been doing what Rome does since the 80s. Yes, I would love to have him on. As I would happily have Keith McHenry on. I would love to talk to a lot of people who are activists in this space. If he would like to come on, then please, you know, come on in. You know, we'll talk about it and we'll elevate, you know, Food Not Bombs because I think it is, you know, a brilliant organization and people should, you know, join them or create more different types of organizations just like it. So, yeah. All right. Wait, did I? Oh, I forgot to share the screen. No, sorry. Oops. Goodness gracious. Sorry, guys. But yeah, um, my bad, guys. But yeah, so I definitely would love to have him on. Uh, Keith McHenry. Yeah, that'd be great. And if anybody knows Keith McHenry, shoot him my way. All right. So now. Uh, let's go into the next story and then I have something important to talk about after the story. So stay tuned, but let's go to the next story. Hang on. Let me see. It's supposed to auto star. If it didn't auto star, then I'm going to be mad at this, this platform. JB don't like that man. JB don't like that man. Okay. All right, so what are we talking about? Okay. All right, so Willie Bragg was just on. So we already talked to him. It was a great conversation. Can't wait to have him back on. And now the next story is going to be corporations voting. Is this thing like that? Okay. So corporations voting locally we all know that corporations are not people you me everybody and their mama knows that corporations aren't people but there's a town in delaware that is saying you know what i think corporations are people let's have them able to vote in our local elections that's right in Delaware, that state is so corrupt. They're talking about having corporations vote in local elections. 
So this is out of the lever. It says the state that may let corporations vote in elections. This came out a few days ago. Like, hi, I'm Delaware. <laughs> it says, it starts off, it says, Democratic President Biden has called his home the corporate state of Delaware. And, Senator, and Republican Senator Mitt Romney has insisted that corporations are people, my friend, embodying the bipartisan split in post-Citizens United America. Delaware Democrats are now advancing a Republican bill that would allow corporations to directly vote in municipal elections. As GOP state across the country aim to limit voter participation, Delaware's Democratic-controlled legislator has been considering a bill to allow the expansion of the franchise to businesses. The Republican legislation would explicitly permit the city of Seaford, Delaware, to authorize artificial entities, limited liability corporations, partnerships, and trusts to vote in municipal elections. The funny part is, it's a democratically controlled legislator. My question is, if that's the case, and they're just letting this just swim on through, What's the difference, again, between Democrats and Republicans? Because if they're allowing this to happen in their state, especially since they have a democratically controlled legislator, when Democrats say, oh, insert Republican name because they are the worst of the worst and our country's going to get worse, what good is it if you're a Democrat passing the same bills that Republicans would. What is the difference between them and a Republican? What's really the difference between a Joe Manchin and a Josh Hawley? What's the difference between a Bernie Sanders? I'm sorry, not Bernie. Well, technically, that's not what I meant to say. 40 and slip. What's the difference between a Joe Biden and a Donald Trump? What's the difference between a Barack Obama and a George W. Bush? One's orange, one's brown. But that's the only difference. And looking at this, I don't see much of a difference at all. Continuing on, said so the legislature has until June 30th, which is this Friday, to vote on the bill. And this legislative session ends. Since with hundreds of thousands of corporations officially headquartered in the small Wilmington warehouse, Delaware has long been known for its business fealty. The state's new legislation would allow corporations to up and balance the power in Seaford, a small 8,000-person city 20 miles north of Salisbury, Maryland. Just 340 people voted in the most recent election on April 15th, and the bill would potentially provide as many as 234 votes to businesses in the community. So 340 people voted in the most recent election, and businesses would get 234 votes? That can tip elections in a drastic way in that small city of Seaford. 
Imagine that coming to New York, LA, Tampa, St. Paul, Chicago, Albuquerque, Dubuque, Raleigh. Imagine, imagine if this comes to a city near you, in your city, your town, or your county. Do you see do you see the danger especially if we have such a small amount of businesses that are not worker owned Since 2 years ago lawmakers in Nevada known as the Delaware of the West considered legislation legislation from its then Democratic governor to allow corporations to create their own governance. Now, Delaware could go even further than that failed legislation, giving limited liability companies or LLCs the right to vote not only in referenda, but also in regular municipal elections. So this is basically more fascism afoot, people will look at me and go, how is that fascism? Fascism is basically when the corporate powers and the government fuse together and really the will of the corporations are carried out by the state. So, yes, Marco. Marco says, sorry, y'all, your public services were outvoted by the businesses in your community. So that's part of what fascism is. And this is basically saying, well, we want them to have, we want businesses themselves to have more power. But I want to share with you guys this, uh, newscast as well because this actually goes a little bit deeper i actually want to share this with you guys as well a town in delaware got to talk about this is considering giving more than 200 businesses the right to vote and this is causing concern uh, that corporate interests could sway local elections seaford uh, around 85 miles south of willington recently changed its charter allowing each business in the town one vote in local elections. Now it's up to the state legislature to give the final okay. So let's bring in Princeton University Politics and Public Affairs Associate Research Scholar, Lauren Wright. Uh, Lauren, always good to see you. Uh, lots of questions here. There are 234 businesses in Seaford, population 7,000, and only 340 people turned out to the most recent election there. So this has the potential to significantly impact local politics. Um, explain what elections, uh, first off, locals will be able to vote in. So it is only these local type races, referendums, actually in Seaford on tax legislation. Businesses can already exercise their right to vote. And this is happening in towns across Delaware. It becomes controversial, sometimes gets rolled back. 
I tend to think this will not go into effect because as you mentioned, Marky, it does have to pass the state legislature and in both chambers there, Democrats uh, outnumber Republicans mm -hmm. by a two to one margin. And now that News Nation's covering this and The Hill um, and CBS News, my guess is people will be sort of outraged by it because it goes against this principle of one person, one vote yeah. that we hold dear in this country. Well, you bring up my next point. When I was reading this story yesterday, I think our brains first go to double dipping. You know, if you're a, sto right. if you're a store owner and you live in town, do you essentially vote twice? I mean, what are the rules here? So the proponents of this measure would say no. They're checking voter rolls so that if you're a business owner in Seaford and a resident in Seaford, you don't vote twice. But you're right. You know, if you look in general, if you live outside the town, which many of these people do, uh, and you have a business registered in Seaford, then yes, at large, in general, your vote uh, is counting twice in some way, shape, or form. And, and but you hear that? Let me ask you this. Do you want someone outside of your town to make decisions for your town? I wouldn't. I wouldn't want someone in Kissimmee to make decisions for Orlando. I wouldn't want somebody in Volusia County to make decisions for people in Orange County. That's not fair. You cannot do that. And yet here we are. And if this passes the legislator, and which part of me thinks that it might, because I, look, I don't trust, I don't trust Democrats. You know? My thing is, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. I feel like some would vote against as the rotating hero, or they may have you know a rotating villain that may vote with the Republicans, a few of them. But I honestly just do not think that something like, we're too late in the stage of capitalism for them not to. If I'm wrong, then okay, I'll say, I'll say I'm wrong. I'm, I'll be fine with that. But I feel like it may just happen. What do you guys think? But yeah, so this is the problem. We already have people who don't live in our vicinity or our states that may you know, vote in our local elections. I mean, you have you know, outside forces that may be voting in your state, you know, or people who are giving money to local politicians. It could be state politicians just so that they can have, because they may have, you know, some facilities there, but they're not headquartered there. And so then next thing you know, people, you know, they're making decisions. Like we have an Amazon, um, an Amazon warehouse, you know, two blocks away from me. But I don't want Jeff Bezos because he doesn't live here in Florida. And Amazon is not headquartered here in Florida. So I don't want Amazon to make decisions for Florida. Same thing with 
any other business. If you're not headquartered here, you can't do it. Funny thing, though, remember during 20 in 2020 when a bunch of businesses were getting PPP loans? Did you know that a lot of the cruise ship companies were also getting PPP loans? Why is that important? Because cruise ship companies are headquartered in other nations. So they were getting our our money and PPP loans, even though they're not headquartered in our country. How is that fair? It's not. So it's the same thing. They should not get a say in what happens in your country or in your state or in your city. But who decides how the business votes? Is it the CEO and and who's tracking <laughs> right. who's tracking whether, you know, the CEO's vote uh, was on this ballot and he also voted, you know, at home uh, on a personal who's tracking this? I don't understand. I mean, I th right, I was trying to look into this and it seems that the owner of the business and a lot of these are LLCs where the business is just one person or two people. Mm -hmm. And so it is really hard to tell. I think those are valid questions that is really why this is newsworthy. A lot of people are scratching their heads and it strikes them on its face as unfair. And it this isn't a completely new idea. Some towns have given corporations the right to vote in elections. How's it worked mm -hmm. out for them and any negative side effects or, or loopholes there? I mean, it's been controversial in uh, Rehoboth Beach, where the Biden family has a, has, has a vacation home, for instance. This has been the case, but it's gone back and forth. And so the, you know, residents get angry because essentially... Um, it's a very common case in Delaware where almost 2 million businesses are registered, mm -hmm. including two-thirds of the S&P 500, where property owners, business owners seem to have rights that outweigh the yeah. electoral power of their neighbors. And, and, and more so basically, it's not much different. It's just a more extreme version. Right. So let's say a legislator or let's say the city council wants to have a vote on increasing, you know, uh, a tax. Right. Let's say a, a property tax, a commercial property tax in order to fund more disenfranchised schools more or to increase funding for, let's say, homeless shelters or something like that. If these businesses have this much power they can say no and so when it comes to you being taken care of as an individual they don't care they're going to make it so that they get chosen over everybody else even if they're doing well financially see why this is a bad idea this is why it is important, you know, for us to really change the system. Because the system will dictate, this system will dictate that, you know, the, the, the corporate people at the top, 
they're the ones that we need to listen to. It's almost kind of like the, uh, it's, it's a aristocracy, right? Because not everybody has the ability to form their own business. Not everybody has the business acumen to have their own business. But it's going to fall into the hands of a small few. And you can have the top 1% in a city or the top 1% in a state, county, or the country. But they're the ones that are going to be dictating how everybody lives. Mm-mm-mm. Sad. Warren, you, you mentioned anger yeah. quickly, just about 30 seconds sure. left. There are some people in favor of it, though. So what are what are the benefits yeah. that you see here? Well, the mayor is the one who cast the deciding vote at the city council level. But I think we've seen some responses from Republicans in the state legislature that are lukewarm. I think they know this is a lightning rod. And this has been an issue, again, you know, since the apportionment cases in the 1960s in the Supreme Court led by Earl Warren, where we decided legislative districts for this exact reason have to be roughly the same size. So some people's votes don't count more than others. So it's an American ideal. I think it will be controversial and may not come to pass. Yeah. Thank you for watching. Go to Yeah. My question would be who's in the pocket of the mayor? That's a good question for that I would like to ask. So that's what's going on in Delaware. Um, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled on that one because that needs to be talked about. And if it passes in Delaware, I don't look, I, I don't want to be right. But I feel like I will be. I feel like that lightning rod. Yeah. I feel like the mayor is made of iron. If you get my drift. I think he's this tall, thin piece of iron that's on top of a very high building. And that lightning, boom. Next thing you know, it's going to hit. Next thing you know, they're going to try to do it in every other city. I hope I'm wrong. I would appreciate being wrong, but I don't think I am. But yeah, so that's what's happening as well. So yeah. So before I uh, tell you guys what I need to tell you, I'm going to go to the chat really quick and see what you guys are saying. All right. So, Wadi says corporations voting feels like the world of RoboCop. Was RoboCop really just a documentary? Feels like it. And Marco says, wow, effed up. 
Marco says, I consider dogs and cat people would never consider a business a person. This is a good question, Wadi. If corporations can vote, why not unions, charities, foundations, NGOs? What about mutual aid organizations? All right. Cobra Commander says, as Stalin and Malcolm X both said, they are the same. Pragmatic or moderate fascists and fighting fascists. They can't function without the other. Mm. Says the consolidation of power in a national bourgeoisie. Chibo Goro says, so absurd and disgusting. Absolutely. Whoever says businesses already have extra votes in the form of extra dollars. Yeah, but, you know, think about how it gets worse. Ertiz Red says, got to fix money in politics and government. Until we do that, we're effed. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Let's go to The Rock. See, is there anybody in the rock? Not at the moment. Oh, just came up. All right, let's. Chat. Okay, thanks for the tip, Roger. Oh, wait, whoops, that's not right. Let's pop that out. Let's pop it. All right, let's go. Let's go, Rockfin. Let's go. All right, thanks for the tip on Rockfin, Roger. As Roger says, once Supreme Court of the United States established corporate personhood, I knew this was next. I tell libertarians all the time who make the mistake of being so focused on getting government out of your life and allow corporate and that big biz can be just as detrimental to our liberties and rights as big government. It is not enough for them to control the government from the shadows, but the actual government plan is for government to hand over responsibility of government over to them. Replace the government to become the government. Yo, Marco, love that movie, The Take, when when the workers in Venezuela stage a coup in the factories to take from the boss after the bosses abandoned them and turned them into co-ops. Love how... Love how when the workers established their own economy and partnered with other co-ops forming supply chains. Love how once it got up and going, the boss's class then wanted it back, despite them running it into the ground. Lucy thought it was boring because she and her family lived it, 
yeah, she was wanted to establish her her bragging rights. Like, what did you pussy Americans argue over culture war shit? Sorry, like what we did in you pussy Americans arguing over culture war shit. I have to admit she's right. I am suggesting this movie to you. Here it is. Ooh, something for me to watch. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Roger. Giving me something to watch with my popcorn. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Roger always. Roger, it, it, his motto is sharing is caring. Let's take a look at the rumble. Let's get ready to rumble. So Relish says, legendary Lee Kennedy. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Relish. Appreciate that, that. All right. Let's go to the chat on here. Eriti Red says, need constitutional amendment that states corporations are not people. Money is not speech. Thank you very much. Oh, yes, a documentary about workers in Buenos Aires, Argentina. All right. So thank you so very much. Now, just letting you guys know, um, uh, I, I got to tell you guys this because it's a bit of a downer. Um, I'm going through it. Um, just letting you guys know, uh, having some trouble, like, uh, in regards to um, the electric bill, stuff like that. So it's been kind of rough on me lately. Um, uh, and kind of a bit of a financial emergency tonight. So if you guys would like to, um, I do have uh, I do have my Cash App, my uh, Venmo, and my PayPal in the description if you guys like to. But uh, it's going through it right now. Um, because, uh, you know, the electric, like the watt, you know, the kilo, uh, the kilowatt, the wattage per hour, the kilowatt per hour has gone up. So we have that as well as, uh, you know, uh, getting to one from dialysis, uh, is just a bit of a, a task now. Um, so, uh, if you guys would like to then, you know, I would appreciate it. But if you guys don't, then that's that's fine. Um, but just letting you guys know that I'm in the trenches with you. Uh, I know what it's like because I'm literally going through it right now. And so it's, uh, it's, it's a hard thing. And then when you listen to a lot of people who say, just grow up and just vote for the Democrat because the Republicans are much worse, it's like, I'm living in a democratic administration right now. I'm going through it right now. 
there's really no difference between them. It's like, what are you talking about? And so people, some people do not have the same sense of urgency that people like us have. And so like, I'm literally in the red in my account. That's just how it is. You know. And then on top of that, rent's going to be due this Friday. No, this Saturday, I'm sorry. And so when it comes to things like this, I, you know, I try to not worry too much about it. But this is what also makes it difficult to push for something better because your brain is so occupied on worrying about uh, your immediate you know, needs that you really don't have the bandwidth mentally to be concerned with you know, organizing. So yeah, that's what's going on with me. Um, so if you guys would like to, uh, it's in the description as well. Um, if you like to share, that's fine with me as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm going through it. Um, and I'm hoping that I can get something before like 8 p.m. Because if not, then that overdraft fee is going to hit and I'm going to be even worse positioned. So, yeah. But yeah, so uh, thanks so much for you guys for tuning in. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Whoever says brain runs on glucose and so it's hard to organize or really do anything when you can't afford to buy that glucose for your brain. True. So Norman says my utilities cost more than rents. Yikes. Oof, I understand. But yeah, so that's what's going on with me. Just wanted to be real with you guys. Uh, you know, a lot of times people look at me and go, you know, what are you doing? You know, you know, you're on, you know, you're on YouTube, you know, don't you have it? I'm like, no, no, I don't. Yeah, I'm not like breaking points. I don't have ten thousand dollars for a desk. I can't afford a studio. Like, like literally, this is my bed. <laughs> you know, that's my CPAP in the corner. Like, I, I can't afford this. You know, I can't afford, you know, typical living existence. You know, this is why I have a GoFundMe because I, you know. So, yeah. But I just want to thank you guys for, uh, you know, bearing with me and, uh, you know, you know, sharing the stream. You know, if you guys have not, please make sure to like the stream. If you guys have not subscribed, please make sure to subscribe. The growth of the channel helps me to be able to survive. Uh, so thank you so much, Eric, for that. I appreciate it. Um, and so, um, so yeah, I'm going to head out because I have to get ready for, I have to get ready for my stream not my stream, but my class uh, a little bit later. Uh, Janice Anderson says, don't even need the constitutional amendments, Red suggested. 
States can pass laws defining money as a unit of trade and prevent corporate money in elections. National law is minimum allowed. State can be stricter. Oh, thank you so much for that. Appreciate it. And yeah, creative experiments. We, I think, here's the thing. People were like, oh, we're not in a recession. A lot of us have been in a recession since we were born. I've been in a recession since birth. A lot of you have. It's just like people say, oh, my God, fascism's coming to America. Fascism is a Tuesday for black people. That's all it is. For those of us who are poor and low income, we live a recession every day. So when things happen, it, all it takes is one accident, one thing that will ruin you. And I read somewhere, what was it? Uh, was it on Twitter? Yeah, it was on Twitter. A gentleman gets sick at work, goes to the hospital and admitted in the hospital. And because he was in the hospital, he couldn't pay his rent. So he got evicted when he got out the hospital. He was already evicted. So he was trying to recover as well as being homeless. People don't realize what you and I go through. And then some people know, but then they'll make excuses of saying, well, just get a job. Lift yourself up by your bootstraps. And the thing is, is like 40% of people who are homeless already have jobs. If you have a job and you can't make enough to even live, then, then what do you say to that person? Go to school. Well, then they go to school, but then the places aren't hiring. And even then, if the places are hiring, they're not paying a livable wage. Well, you should have just thought about that before you chose the, the, the major that you went with. Well, when I was looking for the major that I was going to go into, that's when everybody was telling me, oh, my goodness, this is what you need to get into because it's out here and it's popping and making people making a lot of money. By the time people start saying, oh, they're all making a lot of money, that's when it's over. When people started saying, oh, the money is in IT and communications, that's when it was going down. That's when it was actually on a downward trend. So that's the way it goes. So I think this is why we need to realize and come to, a, come to the conclusion that this system is unsustainable for any of us. None of us. This is why I talk about the things I talk about here. Because it's not just me having empathy and seeing other people suffer. I'm literally in the trenches with you. I feel what you're going through at this moment. So I I'm saying this because I don't want you to feel alone. I'm saying this because I want you to realize that I want my channel to grow, not for me, but for us so that people can hear 
oh, snap, I didn't know this person was going through that. I didn't know people were going through things like this. Because if you can put a face and humanize the poor, if you can humanize and put a face to the disenfranchised, maybe just maybe we can grow the, the empathy factor in this country. But yeah. So thank you so very much to everybody uh, for being in the chat. Um, and thank you so very much for tuning in. Uh, I will be getting into Asad Shakur's autobiography later this week. Uh, I know I have been slacking on uh, Laziness Does Not Exist by Dr. Von Price, but I will get into that as well. As well as be sure to tune in to RBN on Thursday. I'll be live with Savvy Sabs on the Savvy and JB show. And next week is July 4th, the 4th of July. Will I be live? Yeah. What will I be talking about? <laughs> the United States and a lot of crap that goes on in it and why we need a real independence. So we're we talking about that. So I can't wait. But yeah, so look, everybody, thanks to Willie Bragg for coming on today. It was a great conversation. I cannot wait to talk to him again very soon. As well as thank you so much to um, everybody who's been watching. And like I always say, I say this to everybody every single time. Water your plants. Water yourselves. Leave the world better than you found it. Smoke them if you got them. Drink them if you got them. If you ain't got them, watch something funny because laughter and joy is revolutionary. And do something kind for somebody. It can be anyone. Just be kind in your words, in your actions, thinking about other people. Let them know that they matter and that you care. Because a lot of people don't feel that. And we get down on ourselves quite often. And one more thing as well. Be kind to yourself. You matter. And watch how you talk to yourself. Because you can cut your own self with your words. Be good to you. You matter more than you think. Forehead kisses. Loving always.